Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. In our eye-opening feature film debut, A Dangerous Idea, Eugenics, Genetics, and the American Dream, filmmaker Stephanie Welch effectively brings to light how false scientific claims have rolled back long fought for gains in equality and how powerful interests are poised once again to use the gene myth to unravel the American dream. This, wow. It's an impactful, impactful mm. movie and everyone needs to see it. And we're really excited to have Stephanie join us here on Big Blend Radio today to talk about her film, A Dangerous Idea, and how it deals with the interconnections of complex topics within the arena of science, history, and politics. Now, Stephanie is a documentarian and executive director of Paragon Media, a nonprofit media organization that is the co-producer of A Dangerous Idea. And she's also the senior producer of the award-winning syndicated program, Bioneers Radio, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. She co-produced the radio documentary, BioWars, First Do No Harm, which won an NFCB Silver Reel Award. And she's also the audio engineer for Women's Rising Radio. Cool. That's a lot to talk about. Wow. <laughs> she's done a lot. <laughs> and she's going. Uh, and, you know, very excited about this being out now. Uh, it opened in theaters today, a dangerous idea opened in theaters today uh, in New York and will be available on VOD and DVD starting October 2nd. Uh, you can go to the website at dangerousideafilm.com and it features Van Jones and Robert Reich. So check it out. Stephanie, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Hey, excited. I, I just want to sit and read like your long resume <laughs> before wow. you come on here. <laughs> uh, but it's it's impressive. Um, what led you to do A Dangerous Idea and make this into a movie and cover, you know, eugenics versus genetics? And we should touch on that so people know because it's the difference. Watching your film, I'm like, oh my gosh, this resonates with things that have been said here, done here, done here in, in my life. And, um, and, and just, you know, it's like, wow, this is this evil cycle that keeps going round and round. But I didn't know there was the name eugenics. I, that was new to me. I know about genetics, but, and apparently not everything that I needed to know. But if you could touch on eugenics versus genetics, and then why you decided I'm going to make a movie on this. Sure. Yes. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because this, in our research, um, when we were looking at genetics generally and historically, um, that's that's the word that was being used. I think it was well, 1909 or something. That was the gene. 1907 or so, genetics came about, and then um, eugenics was simultaneously introduced as a as a concept back then as well. So it sort of paralleled each other. Um, but genetics was, you know, very much the uh, focus was on looking at heredity and look at how, looking at how humans pass on traits to one another, um, physical traits and all that. And then, of course, eugenics sort of expanded that into the personality uh, traits and characteristics and um, even things that we might consider social traits like alcoholism or something like that or now looked at as a disease but um, or poverty and things like that. So they were sort of the, the terms came up around the same time, which was interesting or got popularized mm. then. And then by the mid fifties, when, um, when DNA, uh, when Watson and Crick and everyone was looking at DNA as the potential mechanism for heredity in the world of genetics, you know, um, and after, after World War II, basically they, they switched it and, and 
journals that had used the word eugenics changed their name to include genetics. So there's a very interesting history because of the the um, baggage that came along with the word eugenics after World War II. They just didn't want to be associated with it. So, so they're very much related, but I mean, I would say that there are a lot of scientists who don't necessarily, you know, believe that all of our characteristics are are passed on hereditarily in terms of our personalities and things like that. And eugenics is just basically the 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 notion that these things are passed on hereditarily, and that there are some people who are born superior and others who are born inferior with certain traits, and that some people shouldn't reproduce as a result of mm. that to reproduce these things in our society. Wow, it's it's crazy. And when so did when did you first hear about this and say, okay, I'm going to make a movie on this? Because because even this, you know, genetics, mm. eugenics, it's like let's confuse the population on this. Yes. You know, it's kind of like yeah. how Monsanto is not Monsanto anymore. <laughs> you know, right? I know, <laughs> and, they, and they're tied into this too. Disappear. I was like, dude, this is so like, this is hugely connected on so many levels that it's crazy. When I saw the Monsanto conversation, I was like in there and I was like, this is really all tied up into our food, into even how we're getting, you know, medicine, how it's tied into everything, life and death included. Um, You know, so yeah, but uh, when was the first thing for you to say, hey, this is, I'm going to do this? Yeah, so our um, my filmmaker colleagues and I were working on the project when we first began that it was focused on um, agriculture, the Cornerstone Campaign, which is one of the main um, other producers of the film. They're very much focused on biotechnology and looking at the bad mm-hmm. science around biotech and, and agriculture. And then we expanded into medicine and we're looking at ways in which the gene concept and this whole, whole notion of genes have been changing since the Human Genome Project. So that sort of prompted our our inquiry back in 2004, 2005. And then um, and, and Andrew Kimbrell, Mary Morgan, they're the other um, mm-hmm. and the producers involved and the filmmakers. So we, once we began exploring all of that, we kept coming across uh, eugenics history. And Andy had written in his, in a book, um, Human Body Shop, uh, which is about the commodification of, of, of body parts, basically the commodification of human beings. Um, looking at oh, organ wow. do, organ transfers, things like that. Um, he had covered some eugenics, but he himself said, you know, this this is a real interesting history, interesting way to tell the story and a, and a horrifying part of our past that people need to know about and, and how the gene concept itself was really at the basis of eugenics in a way that um, he hadn't really realized and that we, we felt was a great way to be able to tell the story about the gene and how there's really no real science behind it in our view, um, mm-hmm. in the way that we've conceived of it, Mendelian genetics passing on traits in this way. So, so we shifted everything from agriculture and medicine and just said, this is the story we want to tell. So that's, that took us like low ass five but it years. it is tied together. Get that together. Yeah. And they're it all is. interrelated, you know, definitely. Wow. And this is crazy because when you think about when genetically engineered or, you know, GMO, I mean, it's like everybody, let's all get confused on that too, but um, I think we're we're getting it now. Um, it was, oh, let's be able to mass produce food because people can't afford to do this. And it's, it's kind of like, oh, we're going to, you know, here, <laughs> and yet we're going to, you know, destroy our soil. We're going to chemicalize you. Um, and it, and if it's um, to people who don't have enough money, you, you're basically, it's the same thing. They'll put up a, a 
chemical waste plant right next to a low-income neighborhood because it's not mm-hmm. the la di people. You know what I mean? There's that thing mm-hmm. that has happened in our history for years. And it's like, okay, if you're low-income, then you've already – they don't know people's stories. And that's where I think um, is very interesting when you look at this where it's like, okay, if you're a woman, I mean, w- women – race and women I mean when did we start to say we're minority who started the minority thing it's the same thing isn't it like I know I mean yeah interesting that we're 51 percent of the human population (laughs) shuffle that into the yeah I mean yeah I think that that the um all of these these categories and I think that's what we talk a little bit about our framing is really around this notion of the American dream and that women and people of color and everybody was supposedly were all one big um, family here, everyone considered equal. And of course, we know that history to be not the case uh, in terms of our way people have been treated from the very, very beginning. And so we're looking at this conflict. You know, if you believe in the science of genes, as we've been taught it, if you believe that traits are passed on, personality, intelligence, and all these sorts of things are passed on through our DNA or through genes, we show that the science isn't there. <laughs> um, but if you, even if you believe that and, and, and think that the science will eventually be there, it really only, you really only have one conclusion from that point, which is that means that you can't have equality, you know, like as, as we've envisioned it here in the United States. So we found that to be the major conflict that we wanted to address. And especially for progressives or people who care about equality in this, in this march toward progress that we've been uh, carrying on for so many decades um you know how does that affect us and so we explore those things in the film one of the parts in the film and i loved how you brought in you know nixon saying some (laughs) of like his documented like here's what he said he's there you can hear his voice saying these things um you you brought in all these historical references and Mm -hmm. and i love the 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 uh, work you've done on these old historic photos It, it reminds me like didn't nana do that nancy where um Oh, she, she, yeah, she worked for, my grandmother worked for Kodak and painted, she took black and white photos and she had a set of paints and, and, um, she painted in the colors so they could now have color photographs. Yeah. And, and so it was very oh. artistic what she managed to do. But you have that in yeah, your movie. Wonderful. Like it's the same thing with yeah. the historic photos. And, and I was like, I remember her little right. things of paint. Yeah, you know, and and her idea, she's very artistic, but never sold paintings. Like she didn't get a canvas and paint a picture. Mm-hmm. She would just oh. do color photos, and that, I just, you know, I grew up when there were color photos. Yeah, you know? and so that's like, why you what? really gave yeah. a sense of place to history of, mm. you know, the the historic images and imagery and um, in the footage, you just have a really good sense of place that. I think is going to ring a lot of bells for people. There was one part of their um, showing, there was a discussion on, um, I think it was a, a people of color uh, in Africa. They were talking about, I think it was a um, African person's brain is different or their bones oh. are different. And this is exactly mm. what happened to me in high school. Um, no, I wasn't even in high school yet no. in South Africa. And I had a really mm. evil teacher that um, actually hit the student. <laughs> one student smashed his head into the no, desk and everything. Awful. He was an evil teacher. Mr. Victor, oh, I can gosh. say your name out there on air because you're evil. <laughs> I hope you don't have a job anymore. Um, anyway, he he was horrible. He, no, he, was, he was horrible oh, to gosh. women. Um, 
if it was that time of month for a girl, yeah, we must have been in, in high mm-hmm. school. Um, he just, you know, was, there's no such mm-hmm. thing of going through any, you know, pain or anything. And one girl just said, you know, he acted as though you wouldn't have that going on. And one girl just says, here, I'm going to take my pants down right now and show you. That's exactly how oh bad he was. Gosh. But one oh, class, wow. he sat telling us, we had a lecture. This was his class. Oh. He lectured us. And this is in, I think I graduated was the last year when we were not mixed in schools. And so mm. if you were in a private school, then um, everyone had, you know, if you had money, you know, white, black, Indians, you're all together. But in that day, it was like if even the Dutch were separated, you had your Dutch school and, mm-hmm. and then your English speaking school. And um, it was just, you no, know, you didn't have the different African tribes in there, you know, so it was this interesting thing. But if um, you were a Greek or Chinese or Portuguese, you're, you're allowed in. <laughs> just saying this is what right. it was. But anyway, right. just one class, he stood up and started telling us that black people mm. can't swim because of their bone density it's too heavy. and that their brain had these huge fissures so they will never be able to take in the knowledge as white people could and your film covered a little bit of this and it freaked me out right. I was like because I'm going god I know a bunch of you know black people who are smarter than me man you know and oh, yeah. know how to do things and I know people who can swim you know <laughs> like what the hell is he talking about as a kid I was like no you're you're wrong right. but how many people took that in you know and believe exactly it. and you remembered it you know when you when you saw it here it's it, it mm-hmm. rang, rang a bell for you from mm-hmm. yeah I mean the, the history is ridiculous when you get look back and these were the people making the claims like this I mean we're talking about the United States at least were Harvard educated you know all Yale all these big schools um Ivy League you know the most prominent scientists were involved in this and that's something that we I showed that across the board it was on all political parts of spectrum yes. you know left right and center and very prominent people believed in all this one of the things that we cover like you're talking about with the claims that that uh, native americans and africans had smaller brains they were trying to say yeah. that it was associated with intelligence and then, and then for women they said oh you know you shouldn't get involved in higher learning because it'll it'll draw energy from the from the ovaries into your brain and you'll become uh, barren and won't be able to have children. I mean, things like that, you know, and it's, and of course, over and over again, many of these claims, blood, you know, skull size, all these things are, are eventually, you know, accepted as ridiculous. And we think that the same thing will happen with DNA and genes and all of this eventually, if, if we're lucky, people will see that there's no proof that any of these mm-hmm. types of things are set and determined by heredity or anything else. Um, yeah. And there's plenty of evidence to the contrary that, that our environment and our opportunities are what really allow us to become who we are. That's right. I, I think, you know, when things are written in stone, as it were, like, I'm going to go to fossils now, of you find a fossil and it's 30 million years or whatever years old, and it becomes, oh no, now this is where this began until somebody finds an older fossil. We don't know. Mm. We don't mm-hmm. know. I'm just thinking about the hummingbird. The hummingbird fossil is in Europe, and um, Europe doesn't have any hummingbirds. But we have hummingbirds over here. So I'm just saying that this is what we know today. Mm-hmm. Don't draw conclusions. Just don't. Don't. But I think scientists have this, yeah. like, um, 
in order to get grants and funding, we have to draw conclusions. <laughs> well, you can't because you don't know until somebody proves or disproves your findings. So if somebody goes out and finds another hummingbird fossil, it's going to change the whole parameter of the hummingbird being the oldest whatever fossil. You know, I mean, it's it's nuts. Mm. Oh, it's crazy. You know, the, the, we just don't know. Yeah, there's so many things that we think we know. And that's one thing that's exciting that I, that we found is that for young people getting into science right now, um, you know, and saying, and, and, you know, when I was a kid, I, I basically believed that they had it all figured out. You know, we know exactly mm -hmm. how heredity works. We know exactly. how evolution works and all that. Yeah. And we found none of this is true. Now, we know a lot about yeah. small things and intricate, small details but the big picture is not clear yet and mm -hmm. maybe never will be who knows but for young people going in right now it's a it's a really exciting time and this is a pro-science film you know we're very much mm -hmm. about yeah. the point mm -hmm. that we're making is that what's happening why aren't we asking the questions about the science now that we have these results from the human genome project and all these all these clues as to <laughs> how our assumptions are wrong and it's just not being talked about in any honest way because there's a lot of reasons for that ideological ideological reasons mm -hmm. and also money you know there's a ton of money going into the concept of the gene in terms of medicine biotech and also mm -hmm. you know i think with them um, gene therapy and and also crops and these sorts of things you know they're they can do these small tricks with um dna and then they then then we're suddenly we're talking about super babies or something you know exactly like yeah we're going to create our own baby there. You know, and this is so funny. I, I was laughing today because, you know, we watched your film. So, you know, I, I was, we were watching it on on, oh, on my computer. Facebook ad pops up, right? This is just how we are now, right? Yes. And I got a Facebook mm -hmm. ad this morning saying, eat according to your DNA. And I went, are you kidding me? We are going to fix a diet. And I'm like, listen, how do you know about my spare tire around my waist? Like, you don't know. And, you know, that's not nothing. My family's skinny compared to me. What are you talking about? You know, so it's like it's interesting. And I'll get thing like, oh, my gosh. And so the advertising world and, and companies start up on this when, you know, we have a we have a, a family history expert, uh, Holly, that comes on our show. Um, from Family History Expos, and she goes, we just did a show with her on uh, family history and traveling to find your ancestors. So you're going to graveyards, to churches, to look at the records and everything. Mm. And one of our guests on there said, oh, I'm doing my DNA. I can't wait. And I just found out this about that. And she says, it, you know what? You can do all the DNA, DNA you want, and you're going to find out. You're going to do a DNA test somewhere else. It'll be different. And mm. basically, mm. you have to do the paper trail and see what you can find in the hardcore evidence red, versus yeah. this DNA test that you even do. And I think you can find some out, but I'm what I'm seeing with people with these DNA tests and, and everything, that everyone has data that's different. <laughs> I don't know how accurate those are even. Um, oh, there, you know, it's really, it's really kind of, um, it's something that we wish we hadn't gotten into in more detail, but Augustine Fuentes, if you look him up, um, there's a great, um, uh, great web, what's it called? Not a webinar, I guess a web debate between mm -hmm. Augustine Fuentes and Nicholas Wade. And I hope it's still up there. I, I looked recently and I, I couldn't find it, but, um, but I, I may have been, so yeah, look that up and, and I can send you the link for your website if you want once I find it. But it's a great debate about the findings around DNA and this notion of race and the notion of ancestry. 
and how much it can tell you. And basically, you know, Augustine's point is that, you know, data is coming in based on the notion that there are already groups of people that can be designated. And so in a lot of the software, you can actually sort, if you wanted to say there are 22 groups, the data will be sorted into 22 groups. If you want to say 300 or if you want to say five. So it's very interesting, you know, as they pull the database in, they're already assigning characteristics of those people to that DNA or those markers. And there, there are no, what he says in the film, there are no unique markers that would, for any group of people, that would warrant the kinds of claims that we're getting about this stuff. So, and it's also, it gets kind of technical, but it's also about mitochondrial DNA. So it's just your mother's side and not your father's side. And we're all really related at some point eventually anyway. So how far back can you really go? And well, that, it, that's really, now you can't that, tell who your father is and your mother. I mean, let's be clear. You can definitely, if you have the DNA of your relatives and yourself, there are unique markers that are pretty, you know, yeah. um, unique, but we're talking about, ancestors and place right. you know what country right. you're right. from what region and all that kind of thing <laughs> I, that was so interesting because at the end of you know watching a dangerous idea i'm like okay so everybody in the back then is like okay if you're of this race okay like basically you're dumb and that's i mean you're feeble-minded yeah. as as you know Feeble. was said and yeah. like i was getting mad at that but you know when you're I'm going, okay, so now listen, pretty much majority of us have all intermixed in some way or form somewhere in our our gene pool and lifelines, right? So right. at this point, we're, we're all, all feeble-minded now. That's it. <laughs> and even the people who believe in it, guess what? You're going to be feeble-minded too. So that's what I have to say about it. So we're all feeble-minded. And if we start pointing fingers, I think Van Jones had it dead on when he was talking about it are we gonna you know we're either gonna crumble ourselves or we're gonna unite it we're kind of getting to that mm. grouping of it uh what really freaked us what was margaret sanger doing believing in all this like that's crazy oh. what was she i know doing? i mean that she was a great it was a great example and we, we were it was trying we were trying to figure out who to include there because there's so many people that would surprise you jack london these different but yeah. it, was, it was very much mm-hmm. accepted at the time. It's hard to find. We had a difficult time really finding any detractors at that time, even scientists. There were some scientists like Morgan who was saying, well, we don't have the mechanism yet, so we shouldn't make claims like this. But he wasn't necessarily against the larger concept of eugenics. Um, people just accepted it as if it were true. And it was very convenient at the time because it was the Gilded Age when it came about and they were trying to justify the inequality that they were seeing. So it was much easier to blame poverty on people's bad genes than it was to actually pay them a living wage, you know, and that's where we find today we're warning that these kinds of things start coming up. The more inequality, Mm -hmm. inequality increases, like we're seeing today, they're calling today Mm -hmm. the second Gilded Age, of course, you see the similar types of biological claims coming out. And with the Trump administration right now talking about Mexicans Mm -hmm. as criminals, they said the same thing back in the turn of the century, you know. Oh, yeah, they're not bringing the good ones in. You know, Uh, we live on the border here in Tucson. And um, while we actually lived in Mexico, and and we've lived in Kenya, we've lived in England, we lived in South Africa, and I just want to make the blanket statement, what a bunch of BS. About Mm. the eugenics. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, you know, it's person by person by person. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. You, you, mm. I, I don't want to be blanketed in with every woman on earth. How did Oprah become wanna, superwoman? Yeah. You know, I, if, I, if, if, if eugenics <laughs> was true, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this right. is, and we do know black people who swim. Yes. And win races. <laughs> and, so you know, absurd, get to the right? Olympics. 
right? Yeah. So it's, it's like, wow, how did you do that? You're just, not supposed to be but, able to. But things like this, yeah. when you look at, they were talking about this yeah. thing about animals not having emotion and animals being lower than human beings. I don't um, like that either. But there was a documentary yeah. that was, there went, this came from one dude who sat there yeah. and got, oh man, <laughs> I wish I could remember the whole story. But it's, this guy just wrote this thing one day and everybody yeah. believed mm. it. And often it's really went. amazing. Yeah. How and it was way back in the and same time. Yeah. And no proof. Yeah. No proof. No proof at all. That's and then everyone starts to believe it. Yeah. Well, no we were we were joking around because some of the studies, if you really look closely, if you start digging up the studies uh, upon which these gene claims are based, like, for instance, infidelity, mm-hmm. they claim to have found the infidelity gene. And so we looked it up, and it turns out that oh, the whole study no. was based on prairie voles. Like little like gopher gopher creatures, you know, and they decided that they'd extrapolate it, put it on the cover of Time magazine. You know, yeah, this is the kind of nonsense that's coming out. Most of it coming from a psychologist so and not geneticist, really. We're gonna go to a vole and not a man. Yeah, yeah. So really? this, but, this, but this is it. But this is what is really, really, really crazy, and I don't think the majority of Americans know. Um, and I think everyone needs to know about the sterilization thing that oh, happened. I, I was shocked. That, and mm. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands I, I, of women and men that were sterilized mm. at a young age so they wouldn't reproduce. What? Yes, we, 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 we had heard about, you know, in many of the history books, well, not enough probably, but many of them do do talk about the pre-war, or, or I should say, before 1950, you know, and talk about 60 to 80,000 people in the United States who were sterilized under our our laws here, state laws. Um, whereas we kept digging and, and some of the, an interviewee that we talked to, Jay Joseph, um, informed us about this Nixon era time or the, the four or five, four to six years around the time of Nixon and moving forward. There were, yeah, almost a half a million people who were counted in an investigation that that had been sterilized either through coercion without their knowledge or um you know be are just forced just they were just told that they would have to die so be coercion and saying they'll take away their benefits and things like that if they didn't get mm-hmm. sterilized and we looked into it and found that it wasn't it wasn't like it was back in the day when these were states making decisions and forcing people these were clinics across the country who had been given permission by the Nixon administration to use funds, federal funds, for poor people who didn't have the money to be able to choose sterilization if they chose. Now, of course, that's a good thing to be able to offer people. But what they hadn't, what the Nixon administration hadn't done was provided guidelines as to who, how to go about that. So in other words, no one under 18 should be able to, should be sterilized without, even with parental permission. I can't remember exactly how they said it, but it was, you know, about fully informed mm-hmm. and no coercion, completely the choice of the person coming in there. Those guidelines were never sent. And we cover this in detail in the film and there were hearings about it and the guidelines ended up in a warehouse and they never wow. distributed them. And wow. our, our producer, Andy Kimbrell, you know, he looked into this and he found he found a quote from the Nixon administration. I can't remember exactly who from there said it, it suited our purposes. Mm-hmm. To it, was, it had to do with the budget, the budget, that budget thing that going, we're going to use this budget over here. It looks like we're doing something over here, but, but it's, it's so weird because at the time, when you mm-hmm. think about that era, right here comes also 
the, hey, we want to be able to take care of our bodies as women, right? And, and so the, it's almost like the same people who are anti-women's rights for abortion or, you know, look at Planned Parenthood, right? This whole war going on. Birth control. Birth control. Mm-hmm. But, hey, we could, we're just going to go and snip, snip, there goes your fallopian tubes mm-hmm. or whatever if you're a dude. Uh, that's going to happen too. Mostly women, it looks like. But um, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. you're, you're anti-abortion, but we're just going to play snip, snip. So it's, it, to me, this whole thing seems mm-hmm. like there's this upper echelon. And I'm going to say male a lot, but then there were women into it too. So like I'm still pissy about Margaret Sanger. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's these hierarchies up there going, okay, we're going to control the masses. It's like they're playing God and they're mm-hmm. using Darwinism, which is wrong Whoa, because even so wrong. they manipulated Darwinism, I think. Like, I think Darwin had some valid things. We do change. Look our, look at our thumbs and our little pinky fingers and mm. pinky toes. So there's parts of... You do evolve, but he he was natural. The word being natural selection, not, not human not selection. We're going to snip your fallopian tube. Mm. It was natural. In the animal world, it was who ran the fastest, who hunted the best. Was well, now they're finding, so like, you know, the more the more they're looking into, and another thing we wish we'd gotten into, they really, the more, you know, the, the people who have claimed to understand how evolution, the evolutionary process works, and like you said, I mean, there's some obvious things where, where yeah. things are evolving in a way, you know, but the mechanism for that is now a mystery again, because they claim that DNA changes must be where these these things were taking place and now that that can't be true because they can't even point to a single gene in which that's happening in any you know major way i mean there may be some some sorts of like you know a wing or a um an enzyme change here or but when they're talking about major traits there's no proof that they've got that figured out doesn't mean they won't again mm, right but they don't and i think you know people could look into the evo it's called the evo devo movement um and oh. a lot of people really looking at how cooperation is really where things evolve in ways that are beneficial versus competition. And Darwin himself was actually a social Darwinist, even though he's not ever put in that category. And Herbert Spencer and these others are usually um, nailed for that. But, you know, if you read The Descent of Man, he really did apply this to humans and, you know, said that people, basically people shouldn't have children who have traits that they don't want to pass on. And so he was a believer in that way and didn't really push wow. eugenics in any way that was like, we should sterilize people or anything like that, that I've come across. But he definitely believed in inferior races. Um, he believed that the colonialists, you know, the white colonialists mm-hmm. were winning and that that was a good thing because he felt like there mm-hmm. were some uh, groups that weren't really up to sound from the human. So yeah, there's a lot of Darwin stuff there that, that people should no, check out. I need to go and of man is a good way to... But yeah. that, that was the thought process at that time. I mean, you have to realize when you go back that far, the education level wasn't what it is today. They didn't have the wherewithal that we have now. And they really didn't. And so I get it. I'm not excusing that. I'm just saying, you know, I guess that um, people draw conclusions a little bit too early sometimes. And, and that seems to be a, a scientific thing so you can get grants. I'm saying. I know she's into that. But, but at the same time, at the same time, if yeah. you also look at over the years, um, we, 
haven't been having as many children as we typically did as, a, as a, in society um, because we're not you the farm because them. this is where agriculture you takes can't in them. because farming is now you know machines more you know more machines than there are the family going out and it used to be have enough kids for your your workforce you too five or six kids so yeah. they could work the farm yeah and now we don't need anybody to work the farm you we just have need a tractor you need the really big <laughs> things and then the big things come and spray things above you and you know cough sneeze um you know, so it's so interesting that the human the humans are replacing themselves in the workplace by inventing things to make things convenient which gets rid of us it's so weird that but it's how you use it of self-destruction but it's how you utilize it and and so are you going it, it it's part of that change i don't it, things are going to always change, but it's how we as individuals who's, choose to Who's take going to it. be left? I mean, if we're replaced by machines and robots. I don't know. Margaret Sanger's going to run. Artificial <laughs> intelligence, all these things. We're replacing ourselves to make things more economic for an economy that we're not going to be around to see. Wow. I, mm, I don't know. I'm saying it. Man. Man, all right. Well, so, no. you know, one thing I I wanted to to also mention because I was just it was an important because we're talking about history a lot, yeah. And of yeah. course the Trump, and then we did mention the Trump administration, this current attitude toward immigrants, which is which you know there was legislation yeah, yeah. in 1924 that barred Im certain immigrants from coming into the country mm -hmm. based on mm -hmm. racial origin and this kind of stuff, right. and it got turned around by Johnson in the Great Society years. But today we also have a there's a young man in the film. If you remember Stephen Thomas. His family sued. This is a, mm, yep. seems like a complete non sequitur, but but his family sued no. the lead pigment industry. Yeah, because mm -hmm. of him, you know, he was poisoned, and um, at three he had to go through chelation therapy, and and it caused some damage um, for learning disabilities and things like that. So they sued the industry, and the industry decided that their defense, they called it the gene defense their main, their primary defense. They, they used all sorts of tricks to try to get the jury to go against him but in the family. But they said he, that it wasn't the lead, you know, even if he had been poisoned, they were saying he would have been nothing anyhow. They, they already had a racist um, attitude and yeah. towards, uh, someone who's poor. But he said, they said that he was, he was genetically unintelligent and that if they could look at, they all you have to do is look at the report cards, which they dug up from family members they did. Um, oh, they cool. looked up IQ tests that their parents had taken that, that they could dig up somewhere, and they got a woman to testify, who we highlight in the film, if you remember, Nancy Hebben, mm -hmm. who claims that yes, it looks like you know that this is the case that these things were passed on hereditarily. No proof that we know See, now. That, there, we know was, there's zero proof of that? any sort of thing like that. How does oh, a I woman? That's what's weird to me. Okay, so talk about genetics. That's what Nancy and I are going. Okay. Women no, have that, you nuts. know, okay, so nuts. parts is we do have that nurturing motherly thing, right? Well, you need how do you, how do you as you a woman, a child, you have to how it. do you do that? That woman was evil, man. When she was sitting up there and just so like, you're putting this family through, you're killing them. You're killing them, literally. And that is what's so insane about this. This, this is life or death. You know, what happened with that yeah. woman saying, okay, you know, these kids basically didn't pass enough, you know, they didn't get, get A's, so therefore 
you know, hey, we think they're stupid, so it doesn't matter. They could live in the lead zone. There's so many people who believe that if you are um, living in a poverty area that you chose it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's it's a crazy thing Mm. where, I mean, we learned this in Africa where um, when people are struggling, they struggle together. And yes, it's a slow process, but they do actually lift each other together. And mm. in, in the Western societies, it's like, oh, well, you must have done something wrong. There's this mm-hmm. like stigma. Yeah, over, I, I always think of it as the overlord um, plantation owner syndrome of we have money so we're better than you and that really is not the case you may have inherited but that doesn't mean you know anything or you're better than anybody that you're a better person it it means that you inherited money (laughs) right like trump says you know oh yeah it was my we have him in the film saying yeah i think my genes are part of my success when you know his his father loaned him a million dollars for his orange hair and and let's but, go into his grandfather then is he going to talk about you know being a pimp you know so just saying <laughs> just, <laughs> if, also, if you want to play that you know, argument <laughs> you what know we try to I know what we try to what we try to emphasize too is that we're we're that what we're seeing now is a backdoor eugenics and yeah. the eugenics that that wouldn't be called that except for the fact that it has a similar results, which is like mm-hmm. you said, people are being blamed for their own conditions, poverty, mm-hmm. that for whatever, you know, however, whatever reason, and the government, you know, has taken since the great society has flashed uh, programs that assist people in this very unequal economy um, mm-hmm. that would allow them the safety net, as they call it, um, slashed it so much so that people are really, really desperate and destitute now. And yeah, as we see, there are actual numbers that, that people have looked at in studies showing that death ha- is a result of this kind of destitution and this kind of lack of health care and all the things that, that we know people need to be able to survive. So we basically are saying there's a backdoor eugenics program in the United States that we would call yeah. that by any other name if we were paying attention and looking at it from that perspective. And well, many, you know, just, across the board, Democrats yeah. and Republicans both have done these slashes to programs. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is that. And and you know, I'm t- personally tired of the two parties. I'm like, you know, can we have a new one, please? Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I know the common like sense party common would be nice. Common sense and compassion. Yeah. Um, this is this is the thing too. You know, I, I think your movie is really when I say eye-opening it's impactful Mm. it makes you think I mean here I was a kid in South Africa listening to the effects of that history that came out of this country you know um Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it like Australia in South Africa and I don't you know and Australia and South Africa are very close buddies you know um in a lot of you know vacations all that kind of stuff and being close to each other and everything but you know I don't know if you've heard this, how, you know, because of how Australia was founded with, you know, hey, we're going to take our criminals, which were probably petty, you know, thefts and whatever, bring them over mm-hmm. to an island, dump them there. And now we're going to call everybody is a criminal from Australia. Mm. I mean, it's just that mm. same yeah. mentality, judgmental, judgmental mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and so to me, just going, oh, my gosh, this was here in this country. 
uh, for a long time. Mm. And I'm like feeling the effects over in Africa in the mid 80s, mm. you know, but I'm so young now. <laughs> but <laughs> how this spread out and it becomes mm. part of people's make it like they're 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 spiel they they think this they're brainwashed into it almost you know because this is what has been said and done and families start to believe it and it gets passed on to their Mm. kids and until we see something like this and you see the actual history and you see Mm. some of these scientists speak and that you know this is real like this is this isn't you know this is real and it's crazy and then you think about hitler taking this. Mm-hmm. So when you think about yeah. that, when you brought that in, I'm like, this is huge. And right now, the way yeah. this country is so divided, mm. I think that your your movie is so, so very important. And I, I hope every person in this country and around the world sees it because it's not just Thank impacting you. this country. I know for a personal fact, it isn't. And uh, I hope it goes around mm. everywhere because at the end of the day, it is about the rich or poor. It's not necessarily about color. It's about rich or poor, but there's color. Definitely there's that, you know, but it is about this yeah. thing. And Especially in Europe right now. I mean, the, the rise mm-hmm. of, sorry, the, the, the rise of white nationalist parties yeah. and all the white supremacists, the marches, mm-hmm. I mean, the, or, the political organizing, the fact that they're in power in some uh, parliaments. I mean, it, it is, it is really, really, um, I would say, it's predictable to a certain extent. And that's what we try to show is every, you know, there are these waves of this type of thing that happen if we're not, if we don't guard against it. And when you have the dominant paradigm and government and sort of people in power supporting phony science or pseudoscience like we have here, and the, like you said, people just, that's what they've been taught and that's what they believe. And if you come to them with, a different analysis like this, I think you're crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, but it so, is a real, it's a real cautionary tale. I I don't even think it's what they believe. I think it's what works best for them on a personal basis. I really do. Mm. I think people are mm. so insecure mm. that they're going to go what where it suits them the best and believe what suits them, whether or not they really truly believe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get there mm. might be some people who are um, easily convinced or brainwashed or whatever you want to call it, but um, I I think that we are animals and we act in animal fashion. Even though we're supposed to be smarter, we act in animal fashion. And if you think you're going to be attacked, you attack first or you run. But you, but the, I think there's a huge Across the world, world leaders are insecure because they know how they got to be world leaders and pretty much don't deserve to be there. Their foundation is In other words, they stepped on people. They have plundered, pillaged, and to get there. They don't deserve to be there. And it's the onus is on the citizens of the world to not let that keep happening. Mm-hmm. And I think change is mm-hmm. happening. Look at how many women just won all these races. I mean, look how many women are up in. Well, it's mm-hmm. about time. I mean, I really, there are some positive things happening. And you got to look yeah. at that. I mean, people are marching. People are doing things. Um, but I think, again, knowledge is power. And you just put the knowledge out there. 
um, everyone needs to, it, is this going to go on Netflix? It needs to be on Netflix. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the DVD and the VOD, that, that's coming out, the video on demand will be out um, October 2nd. And we were just told, I want to make sure I have this right, because we've been trying to find out. So it's going to be on Amazon Prime, Google cool. Play, Microsoft, and iTunes. Okay. So um, I don't see Netflix on there. And, you know, interestingly, Netflix and um, a couple other companies are really shifting to do a lot of their own um, yeah. you know, stuff that they generate themselves. So they're moving away from getting a lot of documentaries. I mean, I would love to be on there, of course. But, yeah, people will be able to go on October 2nd um, for, to Amazon Prime, Google Play, iTunes, and, and Microsoft. And we'll be selling DVDs on our website as well, which oh, cool. I should give you that, I guess, before it's too late. <laughs> a, a dangerous, dangerous idea film. Dot com. <laughs> Everyone, a dangerous film. Uh, I, I mean, excuse me, a dangerous idea film. .com. It's a dangerous <laughs> film and that will open your eyes and make you realize some <laughs> things that um, are real yeah. and you, you should check out. Um, thank you for doing this. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts thank for that. Thank you because, so much. Um, you know, really, it's an important. And um, I, I'm so glad about the world of documentaries, you know. I know. Um, it's I think a great time. It's a great time isn't it? for them. we got to use it There's while so we can, There's so many too. good ones out. I can't even keep up on all the ones that I want to see. There's just to, so many good ones and so many good films generally. Also, I don't know, I think you had mentioned at the beginning where at Cinema Village this week, um, start, you know, Friday night's their premiere, which is we'd love everybody to come in on Friday night and fill the house. It always has a good good start, good energy when we fill on Friday night, and it goes mm. through Thursday. So we're we're running during the day, like one o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock, nine o'clock, that kind of thing. So you can go to Cinema Village website, get advanced tickets, and we'd love love to see you there. And we'll have Q and A's on the weekends. Um, I'm gonna try to stick around all week, but <laughs> definitely on the weekends, um, we we'll be there to talk and answer questions. I think so. Really appreciate awesome, the opportunity awesome. to talk to you and your audience. Thank you, thank you, and I think our audience is gonna really thank you for doing this and um, uh, just again eye-opening mind-blowing impactful mm. um, educational informative um, once you've watched this it, it's going to change minds I, I really believe that and um, be eye-opening that people go okay now you know we don't need to do things like Charlottesville you know well, I want to ask a question yeah. before you go yeah. When are you making another one? Yeah, you need to just keep doing yeah. it <laughs> on and on. And oh, I'd on. love to. I, it's it's just so it's so fascinating this topic. You know, we like I said, we started the medicine um, film, so mm. I think that's where I'd like to put some energy. And if people are interested, mm. you know, I can definitely keep in touch about some of like some short clips and things that we'll be putting out um, in advance of that. But yeah, a film focused on really where genetics lies, the biotech industry, the history of biotech, and um, you know how this mm. this gene myth is driven. Uh, every all the all the medicine and, and research into the wrong direction in our view so wow. that will be next i hope <laughs> cool. yeah yeah keep us posted yeah man we're fans we're big fans of this so uh, well, of your work thank and, you i'm so excited uh, thanks so much thank you. thank you everyone again a dangerous idea film.com go see it go see it in new york or see it on demand or video on demand dvd go get the dvd you know the holidays are coming up so you know when you have to go and see you know the the, the entire family and the other side the uncle joe <laughs> give them all one give go, them yeah. all one and say here's <laughs> my christmas go. present because you may need to watch this <laughs> and or maybe you should do it at thanksgiving so by the time you have to see my christmas the drama's over because now it's like <laughs> that's it they can't say anything ever again 
it's done. <laughs> just saying. That's a great idea. I love it. I yeah. know. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, everyone, thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. Uh, go to bigblendradio.com. Our shows air Sunday through Friday. Uh, you can listen to the shows as they go live or anytime later on demand. Uh, we're on Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud. Bleh, everywhere. <laughs> just go check it out there on bigblendradio.com. And uh, we got a special song from New York, right? We had to do that. Um, from one of our favorite oh, musicians, yeah. Kwame Bene and the Shakedown. The Shakedown, they all rock. Are you uh, ready? They rock Harlem <laughs> big time. Uh, their latest album is Roots Rock and Universal Love, uh, also put out with Vernon Reed, uh, the late, I mean, not the late, the great <laughs> Vernon Reed. Um, he's got a brand new EP coming up. I do hear. I know there's a new single, so I know a new album, new EP is coming out soon. Um, but this is from Roots Rock and Universal Love. It's called World on Fire. There's not a better song for this segment. So enjoy and keep up with Kwame at KwameBenetShakedown.com. Thanks so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure, Stephanie. Thank you so much. This isn't heaven